creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, January 20th, 2017, and it's a relevant podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and this week's show is brought to you by Compassion. At least one third of the world's children live in extreme poverty, and when you sponsor a child with Compassion, you can actually help change that. When you uh, sponsor a kid, you're linked with a boy or girl who will know you by name. He or she will pray for you daily and will write you three times a year, whether you write or not, because I'm really bad at thank you notes, and so it's good to know that... Uh, yeah, it's fine. I, yeah. I am the worst. I don't. This sounds terrible. I don't know. I've ever written a thank you note. I think my <laughs> really? parents now passive aggressively send me thank you notes intentionally to flaunt the fact that I didn't send them one, like after Christmas and stuff. Yeah, yeah. 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 I didn't think. I don't think you have to do thank you notes for Christmas. I, Isn't it just a contract? We all you, gave each other something. You don't live nice in the meal? Strang family. Yeah, they do it. Yeah. You know, I sure don't. My my <laughs> grandmother one year gave me a pack of thank you notes for Christmas. Yep. So, oh, I, so I, so I could very easily send a thank you note the, to all the people. It's like stamped Cameron, and this is a met, this is this presents a very meta issue because do you re, do you send a thank you note for the thank you notes that were a hint that you mm. should give more thank you notes? No, it's inception. It's a downward spiral. This is part of being in my family. <laughs> the child you sponsor will, will receive educational assistance, supplemental food, clothing, healthcare education, and training opportunities for personal growth and development, and lots of love and encouragement. He or she will be connected to a local church as well. Sponsoring a child through Compassion is just $38 a month, and 80% of the money you commit through sponsorship goes directly to the programs that affect your child. I know I say this every week when we talk about Compassion, but in case you haven't heard us when we talked about them before, they are indeed the real deal. Their leadership, the way they handle their money, what they do with their money, how they care for people, the, the compassionate nature and, and of their the, work. And the impact. The impact is Oh, huge. yeah. It's like unbelievable. Allow God to work through you when you sponsor a child in poverty. And for a limited time, receive a free year of Relevant Magazine when you sponsor a child today. You'll receive both the print and tablet versions. Just sponsor a child at Compassion.com forward slash free. That's Compassion.com forward slash free to receive a special offer. They can send you a thank you note for making Relevant. (laughs) (laughs) And you'll send them a thank you note for reading Relevant and sponsoring. I expect it three times a year. Right. And I won't reply. And I just think maybe we all just agree. Let's just stop on the thank you notes. (laughs) Like I said, I'm your host, Cameron Strang. Here with me in our Orlando studios, Eddie Big Cat Coffins. Thank you. That's a, there you go. That's for you. Uh, Over there, uh, our social media maven, Chelsea Steele. Hello, everybody. On the ones and twos, our illustrious producer, my brother, Chandler Strang. Hello. And on the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. How about thank you text, everyone? Why don't I just send a text and just say, thanks like for everything that. you're giving me this year, member of the family. Yeah. This covers it across that, the board. That is what I do. I'll send a text. Like, I got a really good, like, uh, Parker Clay. Um, what is that? Like, a dop kit thing? The thing that holds Warby the... Parker? No, no, Parker Clay. They make, like, really fine <laughs> luggage and stuff. I just sent a text with a little picture of me using it while I was traveling. My, my mom, Good enough. My mom uh, sent a follow-up text asking how Cohen was enjoying oh certain my. presents that she got. <laughs> and so then I sent back his feedback and pictures of him engaging said presents. There you right. go. There you go. But she had hey. to initiate because I'm terrible at this stuff. Right? You got stuff Cameron, to do. How about, how, what if you do this right now? What if you did this right now? You text your mom, THX exclamation point. You know, and let her just let her think, what is Cameron thanking me for right now? Because maybe there's something you forgot. Otherwise, she just thinks it's a blanket. Just thanks. Just no reason. Thanks. thanks. And I think you're covered there. Just periodically do that. 
Or just, mom, thanks for everything. Mom, thanks for raising me. Yeah, have, wow. have somebody. Thanks for at, me. You know what? Just have somebody here at Relevant mm-hmm. make it part of their weekly obligation. Three times a year. Just pop into your <laughs> to pop into your iMessage and write a nice thank you note to mom. I like it. She'll never know. Uh, we have a great show coming up today. Clearly. Uh, <laughs> coming up later, Lauren Daigle joins us. Oh, uh, that is great. Yeah, she's a fantastic worship leader, a big fan. She's been through the studio a couple of times. She's on the show later. Uh, and also, uh, we have on the other end of the spiritual spectrum, Father Richard Rohr on oh. the show today. Yeah. Wow. So a little something for everybody. Deep. Very Deep. exciting. Yeah. You know, we record this podcast earlier in the week. You guys hear it on Friday afternoons. Um, well, you know, there are certain tools available now to, to us for live podcasty experiences. And last week, right before the podcast came out last Friday, Chelsea and Jesse and I uh, did a little video kind of, I don't want to say preview of the podcast. It kind of had its own thing too, but we were doing an experiment on the Facebook live idea. Um, and live, so it, hot. it was, it was a lot of fun. It went well. it, I thought so. I mean, and, and after the fact I looked at it and I was like, Oh, I wish I miked Jesse differently and different things, uh, you know, technical stuff. No, yeah. But that, that's part of it. You learn as you do it. And, uh, it's a but it was, it was crazy and, and it was fun. And it, and it got us thinking about a lot more kind of like live things we want to do as an extension of this podcast. Um, on Wednesdays, you might. You might get a little interactive opportunity with the podcast cast as well, which Very is kind exciting. of fun because it's like a double launch, like because we like hang out Wednesday and then the show comes out on Friday. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like it's like lunch. It's like a middle middle part of the day, middle <laughs> right. part of the week. Yeah. You just get a little little right. snacky. Get you through. Right. Yeah. Everybody yeah, like a light, like a salad, like a like a like a salad with one of those weird salads with fruit on it. Yeah. It's got a little lot of surprise <laughs> in it. Yeah. 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 Somebody puts I, fruit. I, or, I wasn't or, expecting a blueberry to be under this piece <laughs> of spinach, but you know what? Here it is. I'm going to go with it. So here. you're saying that our Wednesday face. Facebook Live podcast thing is kind of like a spinach salad with a surprise it's the blueberry. blueberry. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's not salad. even an intentional blueberry. That's the so, thing. Maybe it rolled over from, you know, the <laughs> whatever involved blueberries. I'm just saying it's a salad with a twist. It's not, it's not, this isn't like a boring Caesar here. Okay. This yeah. is one, it's got seeds and stuff in it. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Everybody that works at a church, just put on your calendar on Wednesdays from 11 to 2. You're doing, no, no, we're not doing it live for the whole show. No, but just block it just off. somewhere in that yeah. somewhere in that range just block off 11 to 2 and just yeah. put like i'm doing life with people turn on your <laughs> <laughs> block off that whole doing life just in case we do a podcast. five minute thing i don't want you to miss anything mm. i don't want you to be at jason's deli with tyler or anything like that just... and, and for the people who work at, at you know real jobs they oh, they're sitting at, they're good. sitting at their computer <laughs> they've got their headphones on they could easily just have facebook and sure. a browser yeah. window everyone's decide religious yeah. holiday yeah nobody can argue with that exactly just have that Excel spreadsheet in the bottom corner, just ready to click in case like the manager walks by. Like, oh, yeah. crunching the numbers here. Wink a wink. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, when really, when really you just average. sunk your teeth into a tomato with an apple slice under it. You didn't even know about. Mind blown. <laughs> Strawberries in a salad. I don't even know what this weird leafy vegetable is. This is an interesting, delightful, refreshing midweek salad. Don't you feel like vegetables and fruit, though, should not go together? Like it's, it is very off-putting I to the taste. Apple pecan salad is great. Apple gets a pass because really? apple is almost like the meat of fruits. Oh, really? I think that the fiber it'll fill you up. Yeah, and, and just like the texture, apples get a pass. But like a strawberry in a salad. What? Yes. No, that's delicious. Of course. Yeah, that's I great. Don't, I think spinach strawberry salad. Yum. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think we have to dive into this. I feel like my feelings have been 
pretty well stated on this issue. Thanks for the salad hot take. Yeah, I've got another hot take. Chelsea, is okay. that your actual name? Because every time Cameron says it at the beginning of the show, it feels like a name you made up in order to be like on Dabo. a Dabo. Chelsea Steele. Um, I feel like if I were to choose my own name, it would be something a little more original than Chelsea. What would it be? Rebecca Farnsworth? Okay, when you answer that, I want to know, I want to know two things. One, what would it be? And two, what are your feelings about changing your first name in, during your adult life? Go. Because we've all known those people. I've known people in college sure. that made the switch. You know, I, I cut payroll here, so I know what we, what everybody's name, real name is, is in real life, yeah. and then I know what their real name is. Ooh, and there are people who name. radically change it. There are people who just <laughs> go with their middle name. And then there's this one person who kept the name Rachel... But she, but it was Rachel with a Y in real life. Like like she would say, "I'm Rachel," and it was spelled R A Y Chell. And and but her actual name on her paycheck was no Y. What? Yeah, it's really weird. But Rachel with a Y is a little cooler. Edgy. Than, yeah. It is cooler. It's only you, weird if when she introduces you, she's like, "Hey, Rachel with a Y." It's, with a Y. It's techni- <laughs> technically, but it's with a y. The, the thing I think is weird, and when people say like like our friend. Like we know a guy named Andy. We he uh, leads worship at our church. Yeah. That's his middle name. His first name is Michael. But like he's always gone. I by see. Andy. I don't. I don't have. I don't have an issue with that. My issue is is when you make the change and it's too late. I, I feel like no. You I got feel one like Thirteen shot. years when, old is the cutoff. When you go off to college, <laughs> no. When you go off to college, you can make a switch. No, but really? I'm saying that people yeah. name their kids with the intention of using the middle name. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, like if you're they, like a junior or something or a third. It might be a little difficult to say I your understand. name when you're referencing someone else. I hear your words, Chelsea Steele. That's a good, that is your a real good name. name. It uh, is my real name. It's a name. good name, hot take. This week is full of hot takes. We were in a meeting yesterday, and we were talking about The Bachelor. A lot of hot takes all over the place talking <laughs> about The Bachelor. Wait, but Karen, when you say a lot of hot takes, I got to be honest there. When you say we were talking, we were in there, and Cameron... Had hot take after hot take after hot take. I don't even watch the show, and I was enthralled. Like I'm like, I told Cameron, I told him literally, we need to do a Bachelor recap podcast because it was like he came in with bullet points that he had to get off his chest. That we were watching. You know who else you'd have to have on that is Andy Barron. No, that, I know from Andy Talk. No, like that guy talks. Literally, that's the reason why I turned it on. It's because okay, I, so. I had never seen this show before, and then a couple of my actual like guy friends around the country like are non ironically into it. But yeah. like people we respect, not yeah. like yeah. people who but, we but, don't so respect. Cameron, if you're going to continue to watch, are you sort of hate watching it, or is it is it drawing you in at all? You can be honest here. You're among friends. Oh no, it's terrible it's like literally a travesty that like i'm learning about the society we live in by watching this yeah it's yeah. like watching the animals and realizing you're one of them the worst part yeah. of society that well is. yeah but it's a section of society that i don't engage at all right, and right, it's right. like yeah. I, like how in the world do people live their life like this i don't understand this i mean so that's <laughs> yeah. why I, well so i watched i watched one i'd never seen it before but for some reason this summer i ended up watching bachelor in paradise so i started with <laughs> the, like in the, its entirety yeah the entire season <laughs> i don't i don't because, know what, because, with, because, with, time, because time out real quick i want to accountability <laughs> not, that's not one like that's not one I was flipping through and I thought I thought I turned the game on and I was like oh what is this maybe this is a weird commercial I watched like two episodes this is front to back whole whole season appointment viewing yeah wow no 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 I just but again it was I think of like no this can't be that there's really people like it's this then, so, yeah. so then when this came back on I didn't I don't know when the bachelor I don't DVR it but mm. then I was sitting there watching a the game or something and Andy started like countdown so excited on the premiere night <laughs> and he's and just I'm like, like a normal yeah, sweet guy yeah and so I'm like well I'll see 
what Andy's all into. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. and, and you're just like, you can't look away. Like, how in the world? Mm. I mean, how in the world are you at an emotional level? Okay, like you want to marry a man who you are watching make out and more with all these other women. And then you have to spend yeah. all this time with huh. these women. And then you're watching him. And then, yeah. then you're like, now I got three minutes with him. So I've got to lunge yeah. and be sexual with him. And like, and then I know the next girl and the last girl just did. And we're all, but I want to marry him because he's the best. <laughs> I'm like, what? Like, yeah. uh, anyway, this is our editorial SNL meeting yesterday. Today, yeah. Yeah. It's so you know twisted. What Chan- you know what Chandler calls that show? What? Calls it Friday night. Oh. Yeah. Chandler, so yeah. right Do you ever like put yourself because obviously no, I've <laughs> none of us are really wired like that. You know, in terms of like interacting oh, no. people in those scenarios. Like if I had like okay three minutes, it's like all right. Uh, uh, now that he's gone, uh, that you were just making out with him, uh, I do have a magic trick. Pick any card, please. <laughs> this will take the entire three minutes, and you're going to need to hurry because it's very elaborate. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, 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 has there ever been? I mean, Jesse, I don't know this part of your story, but I can't imagine there have been two people in the world worse at dating than you and me. <laughs> like, more unable to throw down any uh, you can, measure. You can put me in that list. Too. Measure. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I didn't want to, but yeah, okay. I, I kind of assume. I'll own it. Yeah. I assume we're all remember, pretty bad at it. Remember Cameron's just the facts, man. Just the facts, man. The first date is basically Cameron asking trivia questions. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's right. And they're all about the podcast. And that's why I'm watching the show because I'm thinking maybe I can pick up some tips on how to like yeah. win the ladies. No, this is, what was the nope. one big Don't takeaway? There. No, there's no takeaways. No, the takeaways are all of a sudden you just like, I, I mean, I, I, it's just you're baffled. I mean, by the end of the night, you're just like <laughs> dumbstruck of like, what did I just watch? How do, why, why is America like this? What has happened to our society? I don't understand. People, people are going to light up all measures of social media with love for the bachelor. This show is really popular. I know. How long has it been around? I feel like it's been a really long time. Yeah. I yeah. used to watch it as a, this as one a guy child. has been on. This is his fourth season. <laughs> it's a child. So it obviously doesn't work. <laughs> How old were you Chelsea Steele? If that is your real name, when you watched that show for the first time, Maybe like nine, eight or <gasps> where, nine. Where was so your this, family? This right teaches there you with me on the couch. This teaches you what you should aspire to find in a man, or Mr. how you should act um, pursuing it's one. Shaping no. America's youth. Is what it's doing. <laughs> Which yeah. is why we now have Tinder, and now millennials, twenty five percent, are right. never going to be married because That's of hookup right. culture. Right, and Chandler can't get delete his account. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know what? You know really what's the infuriating thing about <laughs> right? The, the, the most infuriating thing uh, about this whole trend to me is that people being reshaped and twisted psychologically by the bachelor i read a study now that less than one percent of dates involve the guy doing magic tricks for an extended period of time and that's just a shame that, i mean that's courting 101 what is he throwing out years of tradition uh you know for this for this sick twisted trend i right. bring back things that are actually charming juggling uh you can do song these are basically circles yeah. uh, uh, yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> That this is how courtship goes. Po- this is how Poetry. finding a mate should look. Poetry. Yeah. Counting in yeah. Roman numerals. Yeah. My yeah. sister's husband literally won our family over by doing magic tricks for all of us. And, Who and, wouldn't? And <laughs> exactly. Now he's a part of the family yeah. because was that's the, how God was designed the final this trick thing. Okay. He like pulled a, a wedding ring out of your sister's he ear. He was like, and what's this? Yeah. Can, I, can I tell you an honest story about a magic trick uh, that went very well? Yeah. At our house, our friend Kyle, we know Kyle, he is music has been on the show. Kyle Cox. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Great guy. He is an incredible musician, uh, magician, and ma- musician, but an incredible <laughs> magician. Like made he has money. A doing tattoo it. of like uh, cards. We'll, like, we'll, his- we will get to that oh. because he does a magic trick with this girl that was living with us at the time, Sarah at the time, Sarah Heiberg, and he mm. was like really into her, and it was very apparent. She's way out of his league. Way, yeah. It's but like he shocking. has magic, so he that's will <laughs> level the playing field. But exactly. So he comes over and does this magic trick, and the magic trick was a really impressive trick, but kind of the punch line of it is is she turns her hand over and she's got like the stacks of cards and one hand has hearts and the other hand has all the diamonds in it so it's like the hearts and diamonds and like they were dating within a week and they are married now and he has a tattoo on his arm with hearts and diamonds coming out of a magic hat magic i'm just saying jesse you've it got works. a great point <laughs> that's what i'm saying it's 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 so charming. It's it says a lot about you that you can do magic tricks. It says you're mysterious, <laughs> that you're a man of intrigue. You know that you always got yeah. a card. But you're your also sleeve. you're it's, also shifty. You're a liar. Mm, you want to yeah. mislead people. Mm, oh, you, you, <laughs> I mean, it's basically shows you're very deceptive. I mean, it's <laughs> all about deception. But right, was pretty pretty darn cool when she flipped out those hearts and died. At least she knows it up front. Yeah, you know right? what I'm saying? Like Sarah knew, or does she? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Bingo. Well, right. there's a bachelor hot take. I think we gave some real good advice today. Yeah, yeah. Young we need men. like a David. We need like a David Blaine and women. Um, I'm absorbing. We need. Here's what we need. We need a bachelor, and all the contestants are magicians. Like, <laughs> okay. you know, you have like Chris Angel. You have David Blaine. I would watch that show. America will watch that show. Who's the most handsome magician? Is it David Copperfield. I have no uh, idea. Literally, there's like, we could probably think of, you just named both. I am so it. unqualified for this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It might be Jesse. <laughs> I mean, I think I'm in the running. Yeah, I, I think, think you are. You look exactly like the Friday Night Lights guy. Wait, this is a real thing. This is a real thing. You can do magic tricks, or I thought you were just a fan. I've well, never seen I, you I do one. I don't. I don't want to brag. I've known There's, you for since 2005. You just found out he can do magic. You just found out I have a dog. Okay, time out. I'm going to throw this out there right now. Okay, I'm coming to be there. I'm recording on from Skype on on Wednesday. I'm going to yeah. be in in Orlando in the in the office on Friday. Yeah, two days from now. Uh, yeah. What I am propo- what I am proposing is a live video magic trick. That will blow everyone's mind. It will. I mean, it's going to be swan. I'm going to do it once and that's it. But you're not. That's what I'm proposing. Why would you do this if you're not trying to get a date? (laughs) I'm just just showing people the possibilities. I think Chandler needs to do a magic trick. Yeah, teach it to me. Chandler, on a side note, um, I'm going to need to bring in a very elaborate booth that I'm going to need to hide (laughs) the table there on Friday. Please Um, edit this out. Immediately. The trailer trailer with the gear and the live pigeons will be arriving Friday morning. Yeah. Are you going to be able to get... Also, also, there'll be a safety tech there if this goes wrong again. That's all He's going to need 15... He'll he'll kind of casually... He'll kind of casually blend into the office all day, but uh, it's just kind of a long con. He's going to need to be hanging out all day. uh, Also, also, uh, Cameron, I'm going to fax Nikki some waivers. Um, Again, don't want to have to do it, but after the last incident, it's legally required. So... uh, Anyway, can't wait for the live magic show. Yeah. I'm excited. All right, well, moving the show along, it is time for our look back at what else happened this week in culture and entertainment. It's time for... In case you missed it. Okay, sorry to stop things. We really should learn some magic tricks. 
Yeah. Like, why is that not our podcast 2017 resolution is to learn a pretty good magic trick? Maybe like as a maybe, group or individually? I got one. Maybe I got individually. One. Yeah, yeah, okay. one. But I think the, uh, the, the spring challenge that Jesse does every year to raise money for Charity Water should be like a live Little magic show. show. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, uh, people donate. We've got some work as, to do. <laughs> as the best I would have magician. to start practicing yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. Right, you I'm, not, I'm not opposed to that. Yeah, I'm not opposed. These to wells that. don't dig themselves. Get to work. <laughs> <laughs> In case you missed it, this week Andrew Garfield, uh, who's on the cover of the last issue of Relevant, uh, discussed Jesus, doubt, and spiritual warfare with Stephen Colbert. He was a guest on the show uh, to pro- to promote his new film Silence, uh, which tells the story of two 17th century Jesuit missionaries investigating reports of persecution in Japan. Andrew said that while he was preparing for the part, he studied the Ignatius spiritual exercises and they taught him about the life of Jesus. Here's a clip. What do you do like to get ready for it? A gentle, compassionate kung fu monk there is. Um, you, you know, you know uh, it, not only did we study the theology and the, the history of the society of Jesus, um, but there's these, these processes called the spiritual exercises that St. Ignatius created when he founded the order. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of the basis for all 12-step programs around the world, um, AA being the, the first. Um, and it's this transformational process where you do these imaginative, meditative prayers with um, the life of Jesus. AA being the first alphabetically. Uh, he wasn't, he didn't clarify that. <laughs> yet. Uh, he also explained how he and his fellow actor, Adam Driver, spent a week in silence, prayer, and fasting and the weird thing that happened afterward. What's the first thing you said to each other when you could first, when like after a week, right. when you, we haven't been able to talk and you haven't really met before, what's yeah. the first thing you said to each other after a week of silence? Yeah, so we had these seven days and it was so full of this kind of, you know, divine attempt to pray and to meditate and to get close to those deep inner voices and the spiritual kind of exploration we were doing. And I think we got into the car and it was as if the devil in both of us said, where the f- have you been? Because we just had the most disgusting, dirty, awful, dark conversation for three hours on the way to the airport. Because we, we'd had this, it was, like, it was like the devil felt so left out of the last seven days that he just came and made wow. us say the most like, nasty, I can't even remember, I've like blocked it out. We just, we went to the darkest place for about three wow. hours. Did you yeah. talk about any of the stuff with uh, Mel Gibson, by the way? Yeah, we did. Because we had Mel on here and he believes yeah. the devil and the angels are real and they're around us fighting over us all the time. Yeah, right, yeah. Do I you mean, believe in any of that stuff now? I, be- I believe in, I believe that... In, in, the, in, in that as metaphor, I believe in it as energy, I believe in it as um, our, our better angels and, and no, I, I, absolutely. And also, I, I, to be honest, <laughs> certainty, certainty about anything yes. is the most terrifying thing to me. Oh, there you go. I'm not sure if he said something or nothing. Uh, in case you missed it, uh, in case you missed it, Andrew Garfield is British. I had no idea. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I didn't either. I learned something on that clip. Not about mm. anything spiritual because he said a bunch of what, mm. yeah. but uh, I learned that he's British. But I did think mm. I did think it was interesting because he he's someone who's he explained this earlier. He came he came into the the experience with no context for faith. Right. Like he never he said he never studied the Bible. He didn't really know anything about Christianity or Jesus. And yeah, it, it may sound like unfiltered and kind of weird, but it's also from the context of someone. This is this is weird, too. You know, like that's just an interesting experience for someone who is diving head first into trying to learn about faith. In our uh, cover story, he told us that uh, he related to the writing of uh, Trappist monk Thomas Merton. He said, I connected with Merton so much because he seems to always be on the knife edge between faith and doubt. 
He seems to understand that the opposite of doubt isn't certainty, that living with doubt is just as much a part of living with faith as faith itself. See, now that yeah. in our magazine, now that's something. No, when he's selling no. Colbert, that's a, something else. But you oh, know, man, we just ignited our Colbert relevant feud. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying Colbert didn't ask the right questions. That's all. No, no, yeah, <laughs> hey, in case you missed it, uh, this week, uh, Nick Thune performed an entire set of youth pastor themed jokes on The Tonight Show. Uh, the stand-up comedian was once involved in ministry and is currently developing a sitcom about a church who hires a hip young pastor for ABC. <laughs> Here's a clip of the, of the performance. Hey guys, I'm Pastor Nick. I know you're wondering what happened to Pastor Jeff. Where's Pastor Brian? Which statistically are their names? <laughs> Don't worry about them. Let's pray. Bow your heads. Take off your glasses. <laughs> Jesus was a stickler. <laughs> Dear Jesus, I want to thank you for these noodles. <laughs> Ramen. <laughs> Oh, no. I'm just kidding, guys. I love home. No. Let's make a pour over and hang out, huh? I'm Pastor Nick. I'm a cool dude. <laughs> no. no. It was like an entire four minute of like some cheesy, some funny, but all youth pastor jokes on The Tonight Show. It was a bold move, but I loved That's it. That's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing how universal that is. Like everybody has done at least a week or two mm-hmm. in youth group. Yeah, even if you the were joke. the sinner kid in your high school, at one point, your Christian friend like got you to go to a youth oh, event yeah. with uh-huh. them. And she, yeah, she dragged you there. But, yeah. but here's yeah. what, like the, the joke works on two levels because they're like jokes, but two, the other joke is he gets, he books The Tonight Show, okay? Still Arguably the most important and watched late night show out we there t- in terms of like about for comedians. Col- and he feud. decides to do the entire, you know, four or five minutes entirely on youth pastor jokes. It was a bold move. And I think that alone was funny and warranted the set. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, in case you missed it, uh, the song Somebody I Used to Know was turned into an 80s Yacht Rock masterpiece this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gautier's song um, was one of the most inescapable tunes of 2011, and this new <laughs> remix shows it was still 20 years too late. Uh, the DJ uh, named Tronic Box, which uh, he also turned several Bieber singles into sweet 80s ballads oh, last year. I've heard that. He yeah. remixed it into uh-huh. a smooth Yacht Rock jam, and it's fantastic. Uh, here's a clip. Perfect. So what I can feel the warm sun and the breeze on my hair right now. Oh, yeah. My feather hair. I am enjoying it. Yeah. I'm enjoying Azima. My linen shirt is flowing behind me. Oh. So much better than the original. It's wild. It's really enjoyable. Yeah. You just can't feel sad. Yeah. I love the electronic stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I have a, a Yacht Rock playlist on my Spotify and it's, it's, so full, it's full of stuff like that non-ironically it's just wonderful yeah. music it's extremely enjoyable okay, I lo- the, back when that album came out I loved Godier because how, half of the album was Sting songs it, was, it had yeah. that Yacht Rock vibe to it yeah. what happened to that guy well here's the deal I yeah, literally last night I'm listening to Elton John's show on Beats One, and he's playing a lot of new music. Uh, uh, like normally he'll do like a lot of obscure stuff from old and new. Yeah, this guy nobody knows music better than Elton John. It's phenomenal. His show it's yeah. a, it's an hour. He buys every wow. record Liter- on Tuesday, literally or whatever day. It is yeah, now. no, it's unbelievable. His knowledge was of, the of first music. Show I cried at. So anyway, this entire show. 
We'll this entire here. show was new music for 2017, brand new stuff that he was yeah. playing. And about halfway through the show, he just mentioned he was on the phone with Godier the other day, and he's in the studio right now, and he's going to put out some new stuff this year. And Elton heard it, and he's like, "Guys, it's unbelievable. It's been wow. worth the wait." Like, I wondered too, like, yeah. where would he go? Because I actually really liked that album back Me when too. it came out, and uh, it just w- dropped off. But he he's coming back. Kind of does the Bony Vera thing. Hopefully, he's just when you feel like it. with Tronic Box on this next record. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing for uh, because that song was such a huge hit, and a lot of people's interaction with him was only through a radio single and not the album. Sometimes that's a blessing and a curse for an artist because they get huge, but they they risk right. just being always the one hit wonder because they can live in the yeah. shadow of like a massive hit because that song was literally everywhere. No, yeah. I'm not saying the entire. I mean, it's almost like the who's the take me to church Hoyer Ho- yeah. Hoyer yeah. Hoyer. Yeah. It, it's it's like it's it, it wasn't like that where it's like okay, this one song and the rest of the album is terrible. Godier <laughs> like it it like two thirds of the album is really good, mm-hmm. you know. And, and it was like okay, there's more that this artist has in that one song, and then he did, when he didn't come back i was like oh man he got trapped in the one hit wonder thing but i'm glad to see that he's doing some that's cool yeah, yeah. there you go i like that yacht rock yeah man yeah, Tronic box. dude yeah probably what i would change my name to tronic box. you already changed your name once yeah but chelsea tronic box chelsea steel. steel and then she just transitions to her new middle name eventually box. yeah uh, in case you missed it uh this week natalie portman says she made a third of what ashton kutcher did for the movie no strings attached the uh, actress, actress who is currently in the critically acclaimed biopic Jackie. Unbelievable. Uh, revealed that Kutcher made three times more than her for the 2011 rom-com in an interview <laughs> with Marie Claire. She said, I mean, we get paid a lot, so it's hard to complain, but the disparity is crazy. Compared to men in most professions, women make 80 cents to the dollar. In Hollywood, we're making 30 cents to the dollar. And uh, the 2014 uh, Sony hack revealed how common the pay gap is, mm. even among the industry's biggest stars. I found that both Jennifer Lawrence and Amy Adams got paid less than Bradley Cooper, Christian Bale, and Jeremy Renner for the, for American Hustle, despite it essentially being an wow. ensemble film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Had Natalie That's Portman insane. been nominated for her Oscar when No Strings Attached came out? I don't think so. I think that was for Black Swan. Right. I want to say that was like <clears throat> a year or two later. Wow. But no, I'm Black Swan wasn't to- after... Black Swan was that I thought, was in like, like 2010. Not, yeah, it yeah. was before. Yeah, so well, she maybe, was an maybe, Oscar actress next to Ashton Kutcher. Yeah, <laughs> getting paid. Wait, it's three offensive times to. I mean, obviously the the pay. It's offensive to me that Ashton Kutcher got paid three times more than anyone, much less an Oscar <laughs> nominated winning actress. <laughs> I can't believe it. I this can't is believe like, the This American is the guy who was in Punk yeah. and wore yeah. Von Dutch hats. To Jennifer me, Lawrence <laughs> like, was the lead, basically, in that yeah, movie. To me, at, at minimum, it's just going to be all five of you are paid the same. And, and at most, yeah. you would actually pay yeah. more to the person who steals the show, which, mm-hmm. was, which was Jennifer. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah. yeah. It's offensive. Well, in case you missed it, the creator of Blackish is remaking White Men Can't Jump. Well, that's what we've been waiting for. Kenya Barris is developing a remake of the 1992 basketball comedy with NBA star Blake Griffin and NFL player Ryan Khalil helping to produce the project. Uh, All right. Not starring in it, hopefully. Um, Though the original film starring Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes was a mainstream sports comedy, it also occasionally touched on some heavier themes, including race, friendship, and morality. Mm -hmm. Um, Barris's Blackish, which he created for ABC, has garnered widespread critical acclaim for mixing comedy with bigger discussions about social themes like police brutality, racial injustice, the church, and politics. Hey, we named it one of our top 50 things of 2016. I I wasn't on with that show until they did the the political episode where they Mm -hmm. had a really... They had one last week. Is that the one you're talking about? They did a really like yeah. good back and forth conversation about 
I guess that's what a conversation is back and forth. It was like both sides' <laughs> eyes. Not these days. Yeah. In the show, both sides' right. eyes were opened a it little bit. Very interesting. Yeah. I, they, I was kind of on the fence about including this one, but I thought because of his involvement in it, like it has a potential to actually like do something different than the original did because the contemporary situation. I feel like there's so much opportunity for commentary, and he's so uh, deft at it. You know. Mm. Yeah, White Man Can't Jump was pivotal in my high school basketball career. I, I, just, I felt very affirmed. Did you have felt, one of those cool hats that flipped up, like the, the no, cycling hats? No, I, wasn't, no, Never I couldn't away. pull that off, but it was very inspiring. I, I, I was. I got to say, I would have liked to have seen Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson back in that. <laughs> they both rule. They're still both in great shape. They oh, can yeah. still have done it. I, yeah, I mean, Wesley Snipes has been doing that uh, Chuck Norris machine for like a decade now. I still see him on TV, <laughs> and yeah, yeah, I mean, his abs are still shredded. So I maybe think he he'll do. It. Maybe they'll do like the Harrison Ford uh, Force Awakens thing, where he comes back mm. and kind of mentors the next generation of street ballers. Oh, I see what you mean. Or well, just like, like yeah, he shows like up in his like, like like the yeah 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 yeah, yeah the, like the current Rocky stuff. Mm. I don't think they're ready to be Rocky because that's really just admitting kind of age. Yeah, but they're like in their 60s. Yeah. Mm. Aren't they? Yeah. I, I mean, Woody Harrelson was in his prime in the 80s. I mean, in Cheers and stuff. I think he's still, I think he's still sort of in his prime, though. I mean, I he's still doing like a lot of cool, interesting stuff. Isn't he, he going to be, be the, the next, next one? I was talking Solo? about his yeah. physical prime, not his uh, acting oh, prime. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't think he's, I think he's I think, probably I'll say this. I'll say this. Wesley Snipes isn't even close to his physical prime. I think he's getting, he's improving every decade. It's it's unbelievable. I don't know yeah. what's going on, but. <laughs> Blade does not, not, does he's not get worse. Yeah. yeah, he's immortal. <laughs> he's immortal. He is our Clearly, country's best looking. he's an actual vampire. He's the best looking magician. I don't know. That he does magic, but I'm certain he does. His trick <laughs> is getting better with time. Yeah, his magic, yeah, his magic trick is his body. How is he doing? He's like right. Benjamin Button. He, he is only goes back to, to like the prime. It's, it's he, the long con. It's the ultimate yeah. magic trick. He gets out of jail for tax evasion. Looks yeah. incredible. Yeah, well, he's, in the, he's in the prison gym every day. That's why. That's no big deal. Well, he's yeah. not out in the sun and stuff, so his skin looks yeah. great. No, it's beautiful. Yeah, he is. He Perfect. didn't. He didn't age at all. Mm. So what we're saying, the trick to longevity is prison. go to prison for a chunk, <laughs> mm-hmm. like but tax evasion jail. Yeah, tax yeah. evasion jail because right. you get in the gym every day. You don't have anything else to do but work yeah. on yourself. So you can read. Lovely place. <laughs> Although it was in Ocala, I think is where his yeah. jail was. Oh. was well, also, also, I think it's the Bowflex. <laughs> I think you need to get yourself a Bowflex, and you know. I'm pretty sure that has something to do with it, too. I've watched those infomercials for quite a bit of time before, and he's got moves, guys. I have a a question. It folds up, too. It goes right under your bed. That's why you're the best-looking magician that we know. Have you ever bought something off an infomercial, Jesse? Because you seem like you have. I have come so close. Yeah, me too. So many times. Like, I always, like, I'm, like, punching in the credit card, and I'm like... Okay, I'm doing the math here. It's six easy installments of eighty nine ninety nine. So I'm paying five hundred for this. Also, he's ah, next like, time. Yeah. he's like Dana will murder me. So that's not worth <laughs> well, it. I'll tell you though. When I, I mean, I'm not tempted to like call in because I'm like it's a bait and switch. They're saying nineteen ninety nine, but all that sh- vague shipping and handling stuff, they're yeah, going to get me right. So, countless so, things. So I'm not t-shirt. tempted. But we'll I'll tell you, when that. I see it on the end cap at Target, as seen on TV, mm-hmm. boom, I'm there. That's candy. I'm a candy, oh, yeah. candy store or, we, yeah. or Shark Tank. Oh. I, just, I just bought the drain plug from Shark Tank. Mm. Where, where do you buy that? Home Depot. I was walking down the aisle. I saw and it said on Shark Tank, it'll stop all that. You know, if you lose a ring down the drain or a hair 
whatever down mm-hmm. the drain. Bought two of them, installed <laughs> them last weekend. Use that hair that you want back. Down yeah, the why do you want to save the hair from going down the drain? You don't want to save it. You don't want it to clog up your you're drain. a psychopath that collects. It's like other a quick remove. People, <laughs> people's hair. No, not not that weird. I just like to smell it at hair night. Hair has my DNA in it. I don't want that getting into the sewer. Uh, <laughs> my hair gets into the. I just like to sniff other people's hair at night. It's nothing weird. I mean, it's a big deal. But there's a product. A lot of people have hair. But Chelsea, you've bought infomercial stuff. They there was one channel that knew my our numbers, so they'd be like, "Do you want us to put it on the Visa or the Amex?" No. Yeah. What? <laughs> like, what have you bought? Like, literally, what? My favorite purchase was the Magic Bullet. Which is now sold. But you can buy at that well, you there yeah. was a time where you couldn't. Wow. Oh, oh, when they did the whole half hour thing in the yes, kitchen, and, and there was like a grandma uh, who always had a half. Wait, but wasn't that like the party, out? and they had like a Nutribullet party mm-hmm. infomercial? I like and that just one. Just with one, two, three. three that's right. Seconds. You can wow. make any meal. But that, yeah. that was like that was a whole like drama. There was other people entering, and you can kind of you yeah. kind of saw some it, tension between the, second <laughs> the characters. That yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. They were legit characters. The one that I almost one. Saturday morning because it seems like that's when I mostly encounter the the infomercials. I you know it's on a channel from the night before that like sells the early morning Saturday block of times yeah. like infomercials. Yeah, and I almost invested in alpacas one time because yeah. the case they laid out. Yeah, I mean, you, look, people they got the fur, they got the meat, flawless. they got the milk. Sure, I mean, yeah, it, it's it's like look, listen, I I know you got to diversify your investments, but if I give all my savings to the alpaca farm. I'm not just giving it to the wool. Of course, yeah. people. Of course, the demand's going to be high in this. Eventually, you're going to die, and somebody's going to eat them. So, I'm, <laughs> I'm spreading it. I'm spreading it, and uh, you know, I came very close to investing a sizable portion of my life savings into an alpaca farm, but. Uh, mm. Thankfully, so Dana you never you never called on like the P90X or anything like that, or mm. you I, know I would find myself watching them. I mean, yeah. I never felt like picking up the phone, but like I ended up watching it because again, they're like it's entertaining. And so, yeah, <laughs> I always wanted that uh, food uh, sealer, the vacuum sealer thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mostly because I was just curious about how it worked. It's not like I find mm. myself having f- like buying like Debbie's so much food bags. that I need to seal it. I would just kind of like to watch it work. It seems fun to watch it suck out all the air. Yeah, and you can you get, save mm-hmm. so much money on your food bills. Literally dozens of dollars a year. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you ever though start like psychoanalyzing the people that are on there? Like, okay, this person that's on this infomercial. When did that person drive out to Hollywood with the dream of making it as an actor? And is this the biggest thing that they bought? No. I know. Like, I'm not saying that. I'm just asking. Like, is this is this as this person's entire professional acting career culminated with with this you know uh, commercial for you know a, a little tarp that you no, can roll under your car and easily change your you oil? Have to do. I, I hear your words, but like I until I saw that movie. Um what joy right, right about yeah. the one with the mop i was right. like okay there's a real story there there's yeah. something behind that because i used to think it was just yeah. all like you know just fake but that's real yeah and so now it makes me feel like it's all got some but the people it. in the infomercials who like have st- have such a hard time putting away tupperware <laughs> yeah. i get what you're saying like surely that's not the pinnacle of their acting dream well have we ever seen yeah. i mean because remember when like lost was on and evangeline Lilly, like it came up that she was one of those late night phone call number commercial girls uh, yeah. Yeah. and stuff like that so like ha- but i can't think of any infomercials where like a now famous person is like well look this look remember them from the infomercial 15 years ago Steve carell was on like some chicken commercial oh really 30 years ago yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i think real actors go up through the commercial ranks commercial not the infomercial phase. ranks yeah, or the mickey mouse yeah. club um i once right. auditioned for one of those like lawyers who can get you money after an accident <sighs> Did you? Yeah. Were you the person who needed the lawyer? Yeah, like I had to give I had to give a fake testimony and yeah. be like, 
Thanks Wait. to blah blah. Did, did you did they <laughs> script it or did you make it up? Um, Dan B got me a million dollars. Completely, yeah. Thanks, Dan B. <laughs> did you try to be? Were an you actor? wearing a neck brace? <laughs> she was an actor. She acted in London and stuff. She mm-hmm. Chelsea's got acting chops. Yeah, so, I actually uh, just Chelsea's... left my agency when I moved here. What? <laughs> yeah. What did you act in? Um, well, in Nashville, I did um, several infomercials. I several, several. infomercials. <laughs> they paid, they paid her with magic bullets, and yeah. <laughs> you did like house shows. Um, I, yeah, I just did a lot of like uh, house shows with like indie bands that you've probably never heard of. So she was like, well, you really were an actor. Yeah, huh? yeah. yeah. That's like what I was living out in L.A. before I moved here. <laughs> it's true. Well, She's done L.A., yeah. London. Yeah. I used what, to do what did you too. dream of doing when you were? Um, I, and what it's, it's ever evolving when I was in, when I studied in London, I wanted to do, I mean, I would still love to do film, but then I got into writing and that took off in Nashville. And so I started writing like shorts. Did you get anything written and we would ever have seen? Yeah, I actually, my, the most recent film I did won the 48 hour film festival and we're going to film a Palooza. What on earth? Cool. And if we win, we get to go to cons. So. Wow. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. It's pretty awesome. So much. Yeah. Yeah. I'm an no. onion. You really are <laughs> very, very the interesting. The more we peel back the layers, the more it stinks. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, your dad and I are very proud of you. <laughs> I just talked to him yesterday and he said Thank you're doing you. a heck of a job. Wow. Well, her moms are proud of her too. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. <laughs> you have so much pride. All right. That'll do it for in case you missed it. Stay tuned. Up next, Slices. I can't help but shine. I still can't help but shine. Ever since I was a little baby, this has been amazing. Thankful for the life you gave me. With every step and every breath, know that I've been living by you. Lord, just tell me what should I do? And I've been counting down the days, cause pretty soon this will be all gone. You're listening to Buddy, the song is Shine. Love this song. He's a, He's got a new album coming out this year. He's signed by Pharrell. Wow. Um, obviously, the song you just heard has a lot of God talk, Jesus talk. Uh, great, great new artist. And uh, continuing that whole hip-hop revival thing. I don't know what's going on. Pretty Pharrell cool. loves the Lord. But now, well, <laughs> one of the Lords. <laughs> he loves the energy of Lords. Yeah, he loves the artist Lord, is Lord. what we're trying to say. Yeah. Lord. Yeah. Lord. Who also has a new album coming out this year. Yeah, him and Garfield and Andrew Garfield, they all love many gods. <laughs> At the beginning of the podcast, you heard uh, Georgia with the song Feel It. So collectively, it was the state. It was mm. kind of a hands across America effort. Trust me. Okay, it's time for Slices. What do you have, Jesse? Guys, I, I have some thrilling news. Um, the, the industry that has plagued America for generations is one step closer to being gone forever. I am, of course, talking about my arch nemesis, who I ignited a feud with uh, a, a few <laughs> months back. I'm talking about the dentistry industry. <laughs> what, going away forever? That's right. You heard me. And, and all their preachiness about why you shouldn't eat Sour Patch Kids in the middle of the night or switch soda around in your teeth or keep flossing even though your gums bleed every time. Yeah. It's all going away, guys. Yeah, I believe Big Floss was your, your main yeah, target. first I took down Big Floss, which was, that yeah. was kind of a sweep the leg move was what that was. Yeah. I wasn't going for yeah. the kill shot. I was trying to bring it to its knees so I could look it in the eye, you know? Yeah. So I put it down forever. If y'all don't know what he's talking about, 
go back about three, I don't know, check our wiki on rollmags.com uh, for the podcast. Yeah. And, yeah. and there was an episode where Jesse June. brought a, uh, around June, yeah. uh, brought yeah. the hard hitting news about the big floss industry being exposed. Yeah. So Je- Jesse, Jesse Brockovich we, we won't, brought we won't, truth to power. Yeah, we won't That's right. That's it. What, yeah, what, what I'm doing uh, here, yeah, exactly, is holding uh, our yeah, just powerful institutions mm-hmm. Uh, in check yeah. right well, now. We need that. Of, that's a big we need that now more yeah. than ever. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you're, exactly. you're serving and the I public started, good. <laughs> I started at the very top of the ladder of evil, which is dentistry. <laughs> uh, and and is. like I said, why I started with taking down floss was because no one expected it. It was it was a surprise sucker punch. Now I'm going straight. I'm going straight for their bread and butter, which is fillings. The 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 dreaded the worst thing about the industry. So. Anyone who's got a filling knows the process. You go in with a drill, they drill out a portion of your teeth and fill it with like metal or whatever. Not, if you're like they don't me, do metal you've anymore. had dozens. They don't, do any, they don't do metal anymore. It's some sort of white substance, you know, so you don't have like gray teeth, you know? Yeah. yeah. Either way, it's very unpleasant. Yeah. Uh, uh, and like I said, if you're like me, you've had dozens and will likely have dozens more uh, uh, unless I'm successful at bringing this industry down, uh, which could happen soon because scientists in the UK were studying. Uh, hold on. These- can we stop for a second? Do we trust scientists in the UK telling us about teeth health? <laughs> Cameron, right. here's the thing. That is they- Cameron, Cameron Strang who said that. <laughs> None of us are participating. Cameron, <laughs> Cameron, I'll follow up on it. Don't worry. Okay. Uh, I feel like they, out of anyone, you know, need to be on the cutting edge of this thing. You know, it's getting des- <laughs> it's desperate. <laughs> How dare you, sir? Boulder dash. Kind sir, I beg you to stop it. My teeth are exemplary. Yeah. So anyway, so they're they're studying these uh, clinical drugs that can. What they do is they stimulate uh, stem cells in different parts of the body, and they were looking for uh, oh, different cures for Alzheimer's it. diseases, uh, for Alzheimer's disease. But what they found was uh, that this chemical, when applied to a tooth will actually make the tooth regenerate. That means you could hypothetically put this chemical into the cavity. Like I said, in my case, you have dozens to experiment on here. And the tooth itself will regrow from the inside and will be as good as new. No drilling, no filling necessary. Ladies and gentlemen, the end of dentistry as we know it could be upon us. Jesse, strange twist to this, though. Actually, if you if they pull a tooth and they put the same liquid on it, it'll grow a whole new you. So you can, it's it's like asexual reproduction. It's like how starfish, you just pull off their leg and you get two starfish. Is it a tiny you that lives like in the tooth hole in your mouth? Though? Yeah. So if I put the sour patches in my mouth, but tiny me's are just like dicing it up and putting yeah. it down my throat because I like the sound of this too. Yeah, but it's definitely <laughs> British, the, the little version of you. <laughs> Master Kirby. Very, I was very excited about that, but I do have I have a, a twofer for you guys today. This uh, one involves I think you mean Europe a twofer. Nailed it. Yeah, Next, ooh, today is a twofer. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if you know if so if people out there are listening. If anyone's looking for a new job and they're really stressed out right now, they may just like, need one. You know, they need they need something that uh, you know isn't going to require them to bring a lot of work home or you know to be able to uh, unplug more. A town in the in the in the Austrian countryside has a perfect job for you. Uh, this town has a hundreds of years old 
house that's built into the side of a mountain. It's picturesque. It's the, it's the Austrian countryside, which for years has served as a Christian hermitage. Well, uh, the What's hermit, that? it's basically a house where someone who is essentially like a monk lives there. It's like, like a non-castle like, monk abode. Yeah. So like Richard, they, Richard, um, Richard Rohr lives Abby. at a hermitage. No, that, that's with lots of people. Uh, yeah, an abbey and a monastery are different than a hermitage. A hermitage would just be kind of like a house. I, I, would, I thought an abbey and all that was like there was a cathedral yeah, like attached a community. to it. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's interesting. So they have this hermitage. It's up, in the, it's up in the countryside. But the thing is, they need someone who basically just to live in this sweet looking cave house. And that's the only requirement of the job. <laughs> they want someone who's like a Christian because there's pilgrims, I guess, who wander up there from time to time. You're not going to know. There's no phones or electricity or anything. You're just kind of hanging out all day, hoping that a pilgrim swings by so you can talk to him about the hermitage. But that's the entire job, is to live on the side of this mountain, just completely alone, and literally do whatever you want up there. I mean, they want you to pray and contemplate, but no one's checking on you. So uh, it's good news if you're stressed out. There's finally a job that literally the requirement is laziness and lack of ambition. That's what they're looking for. They don't want you wandering around doing stuff. They want you hanging. That's This is the job. So I don't, I'm not saying... Wow. That fits the the profile of any of our listeners. I'm just saying it's out there if they're interested. <laughs> Where is it located? Uh, the Austrian countryside. Oh, that's so beautiful. Just, it's just yeah, beautiful. just go to Austrian countryside. Think of your Instagram yeah. possibilities. Mm. Um, be so great. You wouldn't be able to upload them though. Yeah, for, you're not yeah. Although your would you? They probably have cell service. They, they might have cell service. There's nowhere to charge your phone. So you yeah, as long as they have them, Netflix, you might take them all in, like the no, first no, no, day. Solar chargers. You could yeah. easily take a little solar. It, like mm. like you can buy it at REI for take, for camping. Take an Xbox up there. Yeah. You have a heck of a time. You could get one of those. You one of those uh, one of those little uh, stationary Three exercise months. bikes that can like charge <laughs> a little generator thing to run your Xbox <laughs> and your TV. Nice. You're good and get your little exercise in. Get your little exercise, no problem. Yeah. I could be a self sustaining human if I could basically sit and play. People Xbox. live off the grid all the time. That's right. I mean, uh, let, let me ask you guys this. How long around the table would you let last in this Austrian countryside hermitage? Honest, honest, real honest answer, though. Yeah. And are, and are we, well, pre, pre-marriage. Because yeah. well, like, I couldn't be away from my son. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Mm. Yeah, no, We're talking about everything's taken care of here. Yeah. You just have the opportunity to go for as long as you want. And, and literally, like, you're, it's your life before you got married and met anybody. So, so you are yeah. alone. Hard to Nobody's re- yeah. <laughs> and jokes aside, you don't get, you don't get uh, Xbox or anything. You get, like, what would you have book. there? Books? Yeah. Yeah. You'd have, like, Christian monk books and stuff. I wouldn't last very long. I think I think a day and a half I would wander back down the mountain. I would suddenly look like Tom. I would look like Tom Same. Hanks at the end of uh, Castaway. Yeah, Castaway. Castaway. And like, how did you grow that crazy beard and look all disheveled and you lost fifty pounds? You've literally been there a day and a half. And it's like, don't take. I, I need people. I need help. Yeah, I could do. I mean. To me, it would be a retreat mindset. I could do a, a week, a month, that kind of a thing, but I couldn't live wow. there like without an end date. I think I could do like a summer. Like, like I could do a sabbatical. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I, I could, could do, do a sabbatical or I something. Think three, months. three months. Yeah, yeah. three months. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. You can endure anything for 90 days. I mean, yeah. <laughs> oh, I've endured a lot for a month, I, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. Just <laughs> solitude. I, I, don't, I don't know. Jesse, I mean, maybe I, this is your new uh, psychological endurance challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be a lot of fun for people to tune into. Me slowly going insane in, a, in, in the Austrian wilderness. People love that. People love that. Probably starve to death out there. It's probably fully stocked. I just never find it. And I'm just, yeah. Help. I got one of those Ricola horns. <laughs> <laughs> I think my favorite thing about watching like, that, that new 
Hermit's not going well. He's not doing this well. He's literally already grown a Viking beard and is using the Ricola emergency horn. So someone might want to go fetch him. Emergency horn. The emergency Ricola horn. That's how you alert the townspeople. Yeah, I would love it if people like tune in, though. It would be my favorite thing. They're like, oh, yeah, Jesse's starting his endurance challenge today. Let's see how he's doing. And it like started in the morning and it's like three or four in the afternoon and he's already already just like holding the camera going, get me out of here. I'm saying the safe word. He's got a blood handprint friend on the the shelf. I've replaced my shoes with tissue tissue boxes at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for reasons that are never clear, my fingernails grew like they're curling like like those weird people at the back of the Guinness Book of World Records. Oh, oh, yeah, totally. You're like Howard Hughes, but immediately. (laughs) Yeah, within within hours, I've become become Howard Hughes. So it's kind of a werewolf situation. Literally, you're you're a little little horse-drawn carriage is down the hill, and you're running after it. Just pulling away. He's literally he just finished unloading my gear and is just pulling back down. And he looks back. back I'm in a tattered robe with long hair. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I just uh, Where's the Ricola horn? I'm out in 30 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) All right, what do you have, Chelsea? Well, researchers have found a way to create phones with built-in fire extinguishers. You may remember last year when Samsung had to recall an entire line of phones because the lithium-ion batteries were causing them to blow up. Um, because the batteries... Yeah, which we're constantly reminded of every time we take a flight. Yes. Like, <laughs> you are, if you are a person who uh, bought this product, I think it's the, the worst moment for them. I'm like, so funny. literally, it, the FAA is saying don't own... It, it, it plants the seed of doubt of like, don't buy any Samsung. Right? Uh, I mean, right. like, this yeah. is like... He can't say bomb on a plane. But, yeah. right. but what is worth? Yeah. <laughs> the worst part is it like, it brings back like the worst part of like elementary school shaming. Like, if you were the kid <laughs> who didn't get a new pair of Nikes and got the... British Knights or something. Oh, and yeah. all the kids are like, hey, sweet, sweet BKs or whatever. Yeah. You know? No. Like you were the kid on the out because you didn't get the cool thing. This does it all the same in the terminal. Please walk up here and hand us the, the crappy phone that you got and just <laughs> let us all laugh at you. <laughs> well, my favorite thing about this though is that so this the researchers are from Stanford, and instead of developing a battery that will properly release energy to not do it all at once so the phone will explode. It seems not that hard to do. Like, couldn't you just like plug in iPhone batteries to it? That's how other my understanding is that's how batteries work to like release energy right, over time. Ne- most batteries I've encountered have never blown up. Sure. So it's interesting to me that instead of Not reinventing... CeeLo. No way. CeeLo <laughs> is still on the ground waiting for somebody to find him. He's asking for a Ricola horn. Yeah. He's trying to yeah. alert, alert people what's going on. So instead of recreating this battery, they're the BBC reported that they're building this like flame retardant petrol that is going to be in the shell of the battery that will put out the fire oh, when it happens for, okay. for all future Samsung products. Yes. Oh my goodness. So instead of it again, reinventing the battery, they're just helping put out the fire. So it's like a little thing that surrounds it that when it catches on fire, just immediately you're holding the phone in your hand. Yeah. The battery explodes and instantaneously, almost like an airbag in a car right. instantaneously. Yes. Your hand is full of shaving cream. Well, like, <laughs> yeah, like what on earth? Yeah. I, don't even I got know. good news and bad news. The bad news. <laughs> bad news is we still got no leads on this fire thing. They're blowing up all the time. Good news <laughs> is <it's got> a <laughs> hilarious shaving cream gag. Sometimes <laughs> they'll randomly play. 
I mean, it's like a cool, it's yeah. like a cool, funny magic thing. I mean, where the shit <laughs> come from? So. Right, you're just talking on the phone, and all of a sudden, it just kind of like starts squirting out the little. Like, oh my god! What the? Oh, I, yeah, terrible phone. It's not even. I mean, the fire has to get up to 302 degrees Fahrenheit for the. Well, at 301, you're fine. Okay, yeah. yeah. So that's what I'm saying. It could get things could get pretty hot before you have a fire extinguisher explosion. Yeah. I I just also like the the fact that when I heard your opening, I just am immediately thinking like it sets on fire and it's like. <laughs> you know, like, just like little sprinklers going off. It's just a surrounding. And I that makes wish sense. that were. I wish it had a sprinkler system instead of a fire extinguisher. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. if it had little, that, I mean, you're at a hot theme park during the summer. You can just hold it up in front of your face totally. and get a little yeah. mist. Yeah. Yeah. Misty. They're like, yeah. listen, oh, man. listen, we got. You don't got to worry about the phones catching on fire. We got a whole sprinkler thing. All you gotta do is wear this backpack full of water with a hose connected to your phone to at all times. <laughs> Problem solved. Are, just lighten up. Like Ghostbusters. Yeah. yeah. Those misters, though, during the summer are a gift from oh, Andrew yeah. Garfield's gods. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Squeeze breeze with a little fan on the end. All right. What do you Squeeze have, Eddie? breeze. Well, we've had a uh, really quite a lot of talk today about Woody Harrelson. Mm. Oddly, uh, we've talked about him more than we've ever talked about him yeah, or anybody I, has ever talked I, I, about I, I, him. I think I think that we brought him up once I think that sets the new record yeah <laughs> well, <laughs> what's, what's really weird and I gotta feel like that one again of you know his gods is in charge of this like yeah. I, I my whole slice is about Woody Harrelson that's crazy isn't that weird yeah that is good synergy interesting um, but it, this is an interesting story Thanks, man. I really appreciate that affirmation. So Woody Harrelson <laughs> is trying to do something that has never been done in the history of cinema. Hmm. Jump. Because <laughs> we know what you Jump and can't. Donkey basketball. I almost Donkey feel like basketball. that's the end of the slice. That was like a very excellent, well-placed punchline. Um, he is doing the first ever attempt at a live movie. It is going to be a one single hmm. shot movie and it's going to be around uh, London. I almost said the city of London. So it's not like London, a stage play. Like it's like it's a movie with different No, it is a movie set. that Owen Wilson is helping with. I forget there was somebody else famous that we knew of that was going to be helping with it. Uh, oh, <laughs> Willie Nelson. So those three guys are just getting baked in the I trailer. Don't and trust them. <laughs> I don't trust the three of them together, especially not doing a live movie where literally we'll see them stakes, but it's oh, going to yeah. heighten the oh, entertainment value. Oh, it's totally going to be just the three of them just <laughs> sitting around just going like... <laughs> Oh my gosh. What's, what's the point it's of the movie? Like, what so, is it? There was a time, I guess, in 2002 where Woody Harrelson was in his wilder days, or maybe his more known wild days. Yeah. And he got arrested in London, and it was like three in the morning, and it was this crazy night out. And apparently, this movie is not an exact recreation of that night, but it is basically a dramatization of that actual event. So it is, but he's not playing himself. He's still playing a fictional character, but it's like a one crazy night in London. That's sort of thing. That's interesting because the timeline works out because most movies will span, you know, with cuts and everything span a, a period of time right. and, and a live thing has to literally just be it, two, two hours. Time. Almost like the show 24. But yeah. does so, it? I mean, couldn't they walk from one room and yeah, walk out and, and then the yeah, pans over right. so you could do scenes? Yeah, but, you're right. But generally it's just hmm. a night. So like a night. Yeah, yeah. That right, so they'll sense. do a little time shifting, but so it'll be one of those things it's like broadcast live like those boring things you see before movies like is the it, opera or something is it, it's going to be like one of those <laughs> and then it'll be released live oh but like you have but to buy those then it'll be released as a movie oh okay yeah. but, but, but i think the fact that you can watch it live huh. like that's probably the only time i would watch that like yeah. i was recently binge watching uh uh 30 rock and yeah. the episode that they did, I think it was season five. They did yeah. a live to, I mean, live to tape, live broadcast, you know, no scripts. The cuts were live. And 
Like, I remember watching that when it aired. Do you guys remember yeah. that episode? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I told you. It was terrible. Yeah, it was terrible, but there was there was like a thrill to it happening live. Like but it felt is, like it felt participatory as an audience mm-hmm, member because mm-hmm. you literally this didn't is, know what would happen. But it did not hold up on rewatching like on Netflix. No, 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 no. This is my criticism of it because I remember seeing The West Wing live, Thirty Rock live, ER did one. I remember watching it when I was a kid. None of them are ever good. It feels like movies work for a reason, mm-hmm. and I kind of feel. And Woody Harrelson alluded to that as well. They're like, "What would you say to people who are trying to like do this?" He's like, "It's harrowing," and, was, and he just kind of I mean, laughed. It's the difference between our our edited podcast and our terrible Facebook Live <laughs> stuff. I mean, it's like, well, yeah, there's I, a reason why we we cultivate this after the fact. You yeah, know? Like, and, and yeah. movies. Are an art. Yeah. Most of the art yeah. happens in well, the this podcast is an art. Yeah, yeah. No, nobody's doubting that. I mean, it's. <laughs> I'm trying to think like if it's probably intended for an American audience primarily. I would mm-hmm. think that'd be where the bulk of their revenue would come from. So, yeah. so then if you're doing a live thing, kind of like the Super Bowl or something like that, it would be nine Eastern, six Pacific, probably, which would mean that in London it would be two a.m. They are, yeah, and it is a middle of the night thing. So, so they're doing it from like two to four a.m. Yeah, and it'll yeah. be in like five hundred and something theaters, and it'll be live that night and then released. Wow. I mean, I'll see it. I That's think probably it'll a way be... they can shut down streets and stuff. I mean, in yeah. London, you know, to shoot in. I mean, sure. totally. And, and I do feel like they're, uh, and I'm not saying this is like the wave of the future or anything, but I appreciate the, uh, you know, them giving you a shot because there, there's a lot of talk right now about like what's the incentive for people to even go to the theater anymore because you know everyone nice TVs are relatively cheap these mm-hmm. days, yeah. uh, and you, you know you know that within a few months you're going to have access to the movie that you can pay what. 12 bucks for to go see it in the theater you're going to be able to watch it in your living room for whatever you pay for netflix or whatever so i do think there is going to be a lot of talk about these types of experiments even if they end up terrible because they need to figure out ways to continually get people into the theater because it's probably a dying thing if they don't i think it's probably better to think of it as a good like theater production rather than an awesome movie like con air or something you know like it's probably better <laughs> if they did a live recreation shot for shot of con air <laughs> that would be just the take my money thing. just take my money <laughs> take, take it all yeah so woody harrelson how woody harrelson be today yeah wow interesting yep. be on the cover of the next magazine <laughs> yeah. all right that'll be it for slices Him stay tuned me. up next lauren daigle joins us Listening to the XX, the song is "I Dare You." It's from the new album, and all the tracks I've heard so far are really good—not great, but really good. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, it's good. Good solid XX album. I call them twenty. <laughs> no, they're lowercase X's. They're not Roman numeral X's. It's lowercase X's. You could say the—that's still twenty in outline the form. <laughs> Love the I'm assuming that's where they got it. They're doing a, a outline. <laughs> There's no period <laughs> at the end, though. Oh, now we got a problem. Yeah. Now I don't know what it means. It means the what, th- those maniacs don't know what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those, those, those lunatics are going against Roman numeral conventions. Yeah. <laughs> this week's oh. feature uh, segment is brought to you by Blue Apron. Blue Apron makes cooking fun and easy. They provide you with all the ingredients that you need to make a delicious meal in exactly the right proportions, and they deliver it to your door. 
Uh, Blue Apron, some of the unique things about uh, their their ingredients, their seafood is sourced sustainably under standards developed in partnership with the Monterey Bay Aquarium Seafood Watch. Awesome. Uh, their beef is raised humanely. Their chickens are free range. Pork is raised naturally. Regenerative farming practices are used for produce. So it's it's a positive. Oh, it's Thanks, just man. like the Native Americans. Like you plant corn one year and then you plant uh, other things <laughs> the next year. No, no, no. Legit though, it is supposed to be right. no, a dramatic impact on the Sustainability. environment. Absolutely. Totally. Yeah. Um, uh, research shows that Blue Apron families cook nearly three times more often mm-hmm. than people who would rather eat at McDonald's. Just, uh, <laughs> some of the meals available. Those are the choices. Yeah. Either Blue Apron or you're eating McDonald's poison. Yeah, non-regenerative <laughs> produce. No. Yeah. They purposely degenerate. Yeah. <laughs> Scorched earth. Some of, the, some of the Blue Apron meals available in Jan- January, if you were to subscribe, uh, you're going to get uh, steered pork chops with farro and cranberry chutney. Yeah. Uh, spig- slowly. Spaghetti squash turn up and the, marinara with the mushrooms up. and garlic knots. Turn up his base a little tiny bit. A spicy <laughs> shrimp and Korean rice cakes with cabbage and furikake. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> they were on The Bachelor all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Can you imagine cooking that? I can never, I don't even know what that is, but then you nope. get Blue Apron yeah. and here's the thing and here's those oh, ingredients and you yeah. do this and boom. Delicious. Delicious. Uh, check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash relevant. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash relevant. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Bet Chelsea will love it. My dad loves it. <laughs> Lauren Daigle is a Grammy-nominated singer and worship artist with two albums that have topped the Billboard Christian music charts, including her acclaimed debut, How Can It Be? Uh, we recently talked to Daigle about worship, her process of making music, and how it helps her connect with God. Here is part of Aaron Hambury's conversation with Lauren Daigle. seems to me like there's always been a tension in Christian music or particularly when it comes to like worship and stuff mm-hmm. because certainly as an artist you want to do everything that that entails right so you want to innovate uh, musically yeah. you want to have good lyrics you want to be creative but at the same time you also want to be useful and mm-hmm. you know if you're doing worship you want to be useful for something that's really important yeah. so uh, how do you approach that tension in your own writing and, and thinking about being a being an artist wow this is a great question because this morning, in fact, and last night, um, so I watched Phil Wickham um, at this event that we were at, and his artistry was out of control. It it was so inspiring, mm. but he never lost in the sense of his creativity on stage, never lost um, bringing forth the presence of God. And a lot of times when we want to kind of take on the role of an artist, we want to project like our sense of creativity Mm -hmm. for the world to enjoy and love. And in that, sometimes God can use anything. God will use anything. God can use someone who isn't even a Christian, in my opinion. But a lot of times it makes us kind of um, become the focal point versus what we're actually singing about. So living in that tension is really difficult. And there's moments when I step on stage and I'm like, okay, 
I really want these people to like me. I, I'm nervous. I want people to enjoy this. Okay, I'm going to do this, this, and this, and this. And I go straight into like, how do I perform so that they are captured? And in that moment, the Lord's so faithful to tell me immediately like, whoa, that's what I'm asking you not mm-hmm. to do. Don't live there. And I'm like, okay, all right. So back to the tension question. I think it's it's keeping your spirit open because God is the ultimate creator. Mm-hmm. But it's being alive and existing in this relationship with Him and this intimacy with Him that allows us to pour forth the creativity that He has designed for His audience to listen to. So a lot of times, you know, my display of creativity is wanting to adore Him, but also wanting people to be able to connect with Him. That's like a hard thing, right? So even mm-hmm. when we talk about the tension, you can hear that it's indeed, you know, there's, oh, yeah. there's a tension and they'll pull either way. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it seems to me it'd be a lot easier to just be a different kind of artist, right? Yeah. To sing just about anything oh, yeah. other than like, hey, I'm going to write yeah. some stuff and it's going to teach you about God and yeah. it's going to be vulnerable and all these things. Yeah. So why do you do it? Why worship music? Oh, man, that's a great question, too. Well, when I was um, 16 in that stage I it's kind of funny I was diagnosed with an illness that's funny but I'm kidding Um, I was diagnosed with this illness yeah very funny (laughs) Uh, I was diagnosed with this illness and I ended up kind of going through this season of loneliness and went through kind of a depression but in that process I knew God had something on the other side like I never fell short to the idea of all this is happening and I'm going to just crumble. I was kind of like, all this is happening and I'm getting depressed, but I know there's something on the other side. And um, in that season, he came and really met with me and showed me what he thought about my future. And he started giving me visions and showed me plans and things like that. And I would always say, okay, God, I'll sing for you. I'll sing, but I'm not doing Christian music. Keep me far away from that. (laughs) That is the bully of creativity. That's the bully of artistry. I'm not doing it. And then I was like, and especially worship music because that's for old people. Of yeah, course, I'm so wise at 16 years old. Right, yeah. But at the time, all I had known is like choir, singing. Uh-huh. And so I was like, I can't, I can't be a part of that. I'm 16. And so um, I ended up saying, all right, I'm going to put that aside, but I'm going to be the light in the darkness. There's, and that's great. I think that's a beautiful thing. But so all that to say, come around 17. I try out for um, American Idol, make it in Hollywood, whole bit. And I just remember breathing into the microphone. And at the time I was leading worship at this church. And I just remember thinking, God, if you don't meet me here with the same way that you meet me at church when I'm leading worship, all of this is null and void. And I was cut the next. Hmm. Um, 
round. And I think that that was God's way to show me that my heart was molded for worship, that as Christians we're molded to worship the Lord. And I needed that experience to see how intentional my relationship with the Lord had gotten mm -hmm. because I think I was often in this um, pendulum of trying to work for His affection. And um, I needed Him to show me that worship is the thing that unhinges all mm -hmm. of my religiosity. So, in all of that, if I have just a slight part in bringing people to that encounter where worship is their source of strength, then I think I've done what He's asked. And um, I think it's just the humor of God that He would bring me to the thing that I thought I was gonna hate mm -hmm. and just have no regard for. But actually it was a thing that made me come alive the most. approach worship now coming having come through that season or whatever are you thinking particularly about yourself and your relationship with god or are you thinking about your listeners and their relationship with god or how do, how do you balance that yeah a lot of times it goes to the listeners mm -hmm. I, when i'm on stage i'm thinking about okay god like what's going on in this person's life what's going on in this person's life can can you just like give me some insights that i know where to pour in like what like I want to be God's advocate at all times. Mm. So like, what do you want me to do? And that, that comes with not even opening my mouth. You know what I mean? Yeah. That comes with just existing. But I, my desire is that he would um, just use me to let them have his presence in their lives because there's not, not all people know who Jesus is, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think once I get on stage and before stage, I'm really focused on the audience. But there's moments where God's like, hey, a lot of times your best reflection of me is when you're in communication with me mm. versus like trying to figure out what's the best system for these people to reach me. Mm. So that's the other tension I have to stay yeah. in is like, don't try to just be this robotic mm -hmm. servant, but instead like worship and enjoy the truth while you're in it. Lauren Daigle. Hey, if you want to see her in person, uh, there's a tour coming up called the Outcry Tour. Has like everybody. Okay. And uh, Lauren announced this week that she's going to be on that tour. So go check it out. Listening to Mo Wilds with got the big line through the O, so yeah. it's kind of like mirror, mirror. yeah, Roman mm. But like literally, it, 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 we we were 
she was at Lala and I was backstage next to her and I like I don't know how to say her name because I we heard from a publicist it's not Mo it's Mur, yeah. I don't know it's, it's I didn't like, I didn't so really interesting. and I froze up and I forgot it's, it's like M Swedish and then you just weep yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the song is drum Richard Rohr is a Franciscan friar, a renowned teacher, and the author of more than 20 books covering topics like theology, spiritual exercises, and how to re-understand our relationship with God. We recently spoke with Friar Rohr about what being a friar has taught him about living out his faith and why the practice of contemplative prayer can be life-changing for Christians of all backgrounds. Here's part of our conversation with Richard Rohr. Off the bat, uh, you are a Franciscan friar, which is right. uh, not language we're always really accustomed to. So, I can can you kind of explain what that what that means? Sure. Well, uh, Francis of Assisi lived in the 13th century, and his big attempt to reform the church at that point was to get us much more identified with the poor, instead of the clergy being those who were seeking a career or a class position, we sort of wanted to aim us in the exact opposite direction. So in our 800-year history, uh, we've been much more identified with those on the edge, those on the bottom. That's sort of our spirituality, if you would. Uh, and friar was a term that uh, became popular under him. and. Uh, it was to disassociate ourselves with the monastic orders, mm -hmm. who you would you would call monks. Yeah. So monks were much more identified with large monasteries, large land holdings on the edge of major European cities. And he wanted us to live right in the middle of the city with the people uh, and not separate ourselves. So we were called the friars. But you're right, it isn't nearly as familiar a word as monks, I suppose. What does your liturgy look like? I mean, is it comparable to um, what we think of when we think of a Roman Catholic service? Or, or, or mass, or oh, you know, you know. Well, I had mass early this morning here. I'm in a poor Mexican American parish here in Albuquerque, and what you have to learn to do is work with what is. <laughs> it, it it trains us in what I call non-dual thinking. Mm. To survive as a Catholic, uh, I know to a Protestant it looks like hypocrisy, but you learn it early. You say okay, this is what I really believe, but this is the way the world, the church, the culture is structured. I'm going to learn to operate inside of it. So if you would have come to this church this morning, I would have been dressed up in all the usual robes. Um, now, maybe the, the preaching I did, a little five-minute sermon, would have had a little different character to it. But, um, you know, I celebrate a parish mass, uh, like any other priest would. I hope I don't do it in a ritualistic or legalistic or triumphalistic style. I don't think I do. But, um, yeah, it, w it wouldn't be that different. Now, uh, you know, we teach contemplative prayer at the center yeah. down the street where, where our whole practice is we come in silence, we sit together in silence for 20 minutes, we train people uh, what to do, 
with their minds during that silence. Uh, so our, our personal style is very different mm. than the parish style. Contemplative prayer is largely a practice of disidentification with your own compulsive thoughts, your own obsessive feelings, which, you know, I always say when I teach contemplation, most people do not see things as they are. Most people see things as they are. They see it through their own agenda, and that doesn't make for very broad seeing. Because you see through your own anger, your own fear, your own theology. And so you have to, it, it really demands years of practice to little by little disidentify uh, and surrender, let go of. I mean, in religious things, we're handing it over to God. All the negative, fearful, angry thoughts that try to grab hold of us. Now, when that stream of consciousness clears out, then uh, it does with some regularity, it's always a wonderful sense of openness to, to the divine, to whatever God wants to say. Because basically, you're not in the way. Yeah. You're not, you're not filled with yourself. Mm. So in terms of New Testament language, we use the Greek word kenosis, yeah. self-emptying from... Philippians 2, uh, contemplative prayer is, is a canonic, I know that's an unusual word, form of prayer that is largely every day practicing letting go, letting go, letting go. Because I, I think what's created this addictive society is because our people have no training in letting go. Mm. <laughs> Everything is holding on. Yeah. And holding on to your victimhood, holding on to your childhood wounds, holding on to who offended you yesterday. And <laughs> yeah. if you don't have a way to, to surrender that, by the time you're my age, you're just, uh, you know, a cranky old man. <laughs> and, and I know too many cranky old men. I, I don't want to end up that way. <laughs> but I think, it's, I think it's spiritual work. It really is to, to let yeah. go of, of the hurts, the betrayals, the people who've talked about you, which happens in every life. Yeah. Uh, and uh, for, uh, for us, it's, it's the heart of the matter. Uh, I want to talk just real quick about what the mystics know which is seven pathways the subtitle I guess sub seven pathways to your deeper self can you tell me what a what your deeper self is i mean it obviously all relates back <laughs> to these same ideas but what do you have in mind there sure you know i have another book entirely on that called immortal diamond on the true self and the false self mm. so let me approach it with that vocabulary if you don't mind absolutely uh, your true self it's probably what most traditions meant by the soul. Your true self is who you are in God from all eternity. As Ephesians would say, chosen in Christ from before the world began. The phrase I use often is from Colossians, where Paul speaks of, we are hidden with Christ in God. 
That's your true self. And that doesn't go up and down. Mm-hmm. That doesn't go, you can't lose it, you can't gain it. All you can do is allow it, rest in it, and draw from it. Uh, it's your soul. It's who you are as an, as an eternal child of God. Now, I would go so far as to say that the one always valid function of religion is to awaken people to their true self. That's, that's our job. And what we do so much is simply stir the false self, try to make a person more Catholic or more evangelical or more law-abiding, all of which is lovely. But it, it largely is rearranging the furniture on the Titanic. You know, uh, uh-huh. That's what's going to die anyway. Uh, your false self is all okay, but it's all going to die. It's all going to pass away. Uh, when, when you and I are standing before God, whatever that's going to finally mean, uh, I'm not going to be a, a Catholic priest. And you're not going to be an evangelical journalist. I, we're both just sons of God. Now that naked foundational identity is frankly what you come to rest in the longer you can live in contemplative prayer. That you let go of all these superficial personas, these passing identities, and you learn how to rest in the one that never dies. That was Richard Rohr. Make sure to check out his most recent book, The Divine Dance. It's not an instruction manual. It's, no, um, that's the only way I do dance. <laughs> <laughs> Divinely. Kids, we were told to watch where you're going, and Jesus says the same thing to us spiritually. Author Rick James explores all of the New Testament alert and awake teachings and delivers his caffeinated findings in the new book by Nav Press, Watch, Wide Awake Faith in a World Fast Asleep. Learn more at navpress.com and subscribe to their blog, thediscipleMaker.org. You're listening to Anna of the North. She's one of the characters from Frozen. The song is Oslo. It's, it's yeah. the theme song. My from Frozen right. 2. My favorite Game of Thrones character. Frozen 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> Anna out. of the North. Yeah, Anna of the North. Okay, it's time for your feedback. Uh, last week, uh, before we get into feedback, this is where we do our corrections and apologies. Bringing the jingle back. Yeah, Classic. we have not had that in a while. Well, because last week I said when we were talking about Dabo Sweeney, Dabo, 
doing the doing the dab. You don't need to correct or apologize. I, for I that. said it was his God given name, and then uh, Wikipedia proved me otherwise. Wow. And, uh, and all the listeners who sent me the Wikipedia entry. Well, unless <laughs> his name is like Christian Andrew, Christopher Andrew Dabo Sweeney. Do we well, have any except other that, like it's not like God handed down his original name. So That's really what I said. I almost yeah. defended so myself. Like this is his God given yeah. name, not Just, his parents given name. Well, yeah, the <laughs> theological argument for a God given name is pretty thin, anyhow. Okay, so it's time for your feedback. So last week, uh, we asked you for the question of the week. What is your weirdest hotel room or travel story? Uh, I, we, I had mentioned in passing something that had happened while Eddie was out. I had, I had traveled. Mm-hmm. I had to sign an NDA for an incident in the hotel room. Off the mic, I told them, the, uh, Eddie and Chelsea, what had happened. And it just, you know, it's a harrowing thing. And, <laughs> and uh, anyway, it got us thinking about, like, we couldn't unthink about that thing. And it, we asked you for your, your worst stories and experiences at a hotel room. Yeah. Our friend Kevin said, a few years ago, a couple of friends and I were attending the Life is Beautiful Festival. So that sounds fun. Um, <laughs> what is is that the one with like all the, the people put on the back of their Wranglers and wear their hats and stuff? The life, life is beautiful. Is good. Play frisbee and stuff. Yeah, listen. Life, no, yes, life is good. The the shop oh, at the airport and stuff. Yeah. Oh, what's wow. life is beautiful? I, I think feel like it's this, the name of a festival that he went to. It's a pretty yeah. minor point in his story, but I'm sorry I camped on that. <laughs> Anyhow, continuing on. After the first night, we were all obviously cheap ex- Wranglers only. Please <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't forget the carabiners. You want you want a lot of yeah. aquatic supplies. So. <laughs> I'm talking now jeans, all Tevas, that. Everybody's got their Tevas. Carabiner it up, guys. <laughs> Carabiner it up. <laughs> so obviously they're all exhausted from a fun day of listening to great bands, and they went back to their very cheap hotel and immediately went to sleep. When he woke up in the morning, by some miracle, our friend Kevin had not moved at all. There was blood on the other half of the bed sheets. I got dressed and went down to complain only to find uh, men gambling in the back room behind the counter. Not to mention that they also had very large dogs with them in the lobby as well. So naturally being in fear for my life and not having very much money, I slept on the floor for the remainder of the stay. I would not sleep on the stuff that would be crawling around Uh, that floor and what has been in that carpet. I just can't believe he was like... Blood on a sheet is a better option. I agree. I I cannot believe he just... Like that to me, I was just like, I assumed the story was going to be, so I hopped back in my Wrangler and we went out to, you know, <laughs> back to Lilith Fair. But no, they didn't. They, they, so ironically enough, the Killers had the top performance of the weekend, he writes. Yeah. The Killers. Oh, yeah. Eddie, you'll love this one from Sam. Uh, a few years ago, they were uh, going to Disney World and he did preface, this is the only, it sounds like he's a Disney fan because he, he put a, PA, a disclaimer in here that this is the only time this has happened to him at Disney World. They were getting ready, taking showers and whatnot, and no water was going down the drain. Uh, so they need, so they had to do something. So he reached in to unclog the drain. This is so gross. But Eddie, you'll love it. A baseball mound size of hair and grime was pulled out <laughs> of the drain. Well, he because so, he didn't have that Shark Tank uh, thing yeah. in the drain. No, he's yeah. got to get that. Yeah. So, so Eddie, I think I think Sam just skipped the day at the park with the family go, and he just kind of hung out to just you know, uh, check out his new cool hairball collection. <laughs> and it for a while. You guys go ahead. You guys go ahead. I. Oh, this will keep me busy. Um, Kim had an awkward <laughs> Airbnb uh, room experience. She was renting a, a room in a young couple's apartment, and she woke up to hear the host discussing when was the right time uh, to start having kids. One was ready, one was not. Uh, obviously, uh, Kim couldn't leave the room at this point to interrupt the conversation, uh, so they had to kind of just sit there and wait it out. I would have, Kim, if I were you, I would have just exited the room 
pulled up a chair and, you know, helped them figure this thing out. I mean, you know, I'm in, I'm in a house at this point. It. I'm sure they're looking for, for a little guidance. <laughs> in a tough time. Little input. You know, I'm, I'm not going to read Ross's other than to say his was just basically complaining about a bad hotel experience. <laughs> it wasn't actually anything weird. He's just still upset about it and has just copy and pasted this from his Yelp review over to us, which I thought <laughs> Maybe was... Maybe give him a thumbs up, make him feel heard. Yeah, because I, I read the whole thing and was just waiting for it. I was like, oh, they're just a terrible hotel. It's not like you found a body in your room but i'm still sorry that happened to you okay i i I have a question you guys are going to need to solve this one from ian because i have a theory ian says that housekeeping claim came to the room at 2 a.m turned on the lights and i woke up and started yet yelling who's there the reply was housekeeping i yelled get out and they (laughs) left in a hurry and left the lights on i couldn't fall asleep didn't see who entered the room. Guys, that wasn't housekeeping. No it, was way. A it was totally a murderer, right? Oh, oh yeah. Ian <laughs> almost never got this feedback. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you think the fact that he just started screaming and freaked out this uh, you know, roadside serial killer and they just <laughs> hightailed it on out? To the uh, next truck stop? Must have been. Brett I mean, Nelson, speaking of truck stop, uh, Brett Nelson <laughs> said his wife and he used a 1999 coupon that he got at a truck stop for a motel room in El Paso. Oh. And they got there and had a huge blood stain on the carpet. Yeah. I don't know if this one is legal from Josh. He was uh, helping volunteer for a youth choir trip. I guess he was one of the leaders. And kids were not staying in their rooms at night. Uh, uh, as they want to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, you yeah, got to post up out there. You got to have a leader that's going to hang out in the hallway. Yep on a chair uh, yeah. reading a book it, or something it, oh yeah exactly exactly because <laughs> you you know that you know like i said those youth group kids are are the absolute worst especially they're shifty on a trip. they're shifty yeah, mm. exactly yeah. so josh kind of went macgyver on it but i don't even know if this is legal the leader tied a rope really tight all the way across all the doorknobs so nobody could get out until he untied it in the morning i'm pretty sure he did kid- <laughs> i'm pretty sure that's kidnapping or false imprisonment. <laughs> i'm 90 sure that josh okay, committed so, multiple felonies that night so imagine you're like hotel security i mean because they even motels will have some security guy yeah, walking around through the night and you turn the corner and you look down the hall and like there's a series of rooms tied up like why didn't <laughs> the hotel the outside, do something about that? Yeah. That weird. why didn't the hotel do something about that <laughs> I went to a summer camp one time where they would put duct tape across like make an X over the doors at night to make sure no one was getting out or right. in but it doesn't yeah. it doesn't prohibit you from like if there's a fire you can get out it's right. just you know in the morning it's sealed Problem with they that they used to do on our chorus trips, and kids, if you're listening, this is a pretty good tip for you. They would put <laughs> masking tape across, so if you just push the door open ever so slowly, yeah. it would <laughs> gently pull off the tape, yeah. and then you're like, no big deal. So this is a real thing. I mean, like, like oh, yeah. they mark doors. Uh, maybe I didn't go on enough youth group trips, or maybe I was part of a good youth group. I feel like uh, I went on youth group trips. I was, yeah, I was in terrible. Terrible, terrible youth group and chorus, all of it. And we would just, I, yeah, sneak yeah, I mean, <laughs> we would like uh, having a locked door or some sort of rigged door is no problem. I mean, we would easily find a way out the window. No, no problem. problem. But, but, but uh, <laughs> most of those like motel windows, they don't open because I mean, they don't want people jumping out of them. Right. We, we found a way where there's, <laughs> where there's a well, there's a way. I would always just post up next to the hotel phone and just be dialing other rooms numbers and be like, uh, this is Mr. Simpson. You really need to be quiet in there, you know, and you just prank calling your friends all night. None of it works. That was so Eddie, you were the cool kid on the choir trip. <laughs> I was pretty, pretty cool. Eddie, give me that phone. I'm going to call in a, I'm going to call in a fire, a bomb threat here. Get everyone out of the rooms. <laughs> wink, wink. I'm not coming back. To yeah, I was a pretty cool tenor. Oh man. Oh, that'll do it for your, for uh, your feedback. Uh, it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Hey. Well, that's easy. 
I want youth group stories, youth group <laughs> trip stories. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. a great point. I mean, I, normally we sit here for five minutes off off mic, just kind of no. talking about the show, figuring mm-hmm. out what the right one is. No, I no. want to know more of these. Just terrible youth group experiences. Youth group trip experiences. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, Youth group yes. trip experiences. So, yeah, hit us up on Twitter, at Relevant Podcast, or you can post your longer ones on the uh, mm. podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Do lock-ins count? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Anything that's an overnight youth group experience. <laughs> there are very yeah. few smells in the world like the <laughs> end of a ski trip middle school bus. Mm. And you're just you just open that door and just Pringles cans come rolling out. And it's just <laughs> the worst smell ever. Yeah, I mean, it's that, just all like that wet, sweaty. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hormonal. Just the oh, <laughs> middle school. The pheromones. <laughs> this is a stinky, stinky I didn't time. like high schoolers when I was in high school. Like, I just <laughs> like, I don't like youth group kids. Mm. You yeah. know, it's like, it's like yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm already 25. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get out of here. Oh, man, that's funny. Well, thanks to the show's sponsors for making this episode possible. Remember when you go to Compassion.com slash free and sponsor a child through Compassion International for a limited time, you'll also receive a free year of Relevant Magazine uh, included. And also thanks to Blue Apron. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free with free shipping by going to BlueApron.com slash relevant. That's a really good deal. Three meals for free with the shipping. And it's like not just for one person meal. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can do a date. You could, you could, uh, you could, bring, you could bring, bring some magic tricks. Yeah. <laughs> Pick up a little blue apron. Uh, special yeah, you maybe do it on a Monday and, you know, hmm. put on the, the bachelor afterwards, you know, <laughs> just like a little, yeah. little couch. This makes, Cameron, all you're doing is solidifying my big mail order, uh, magic trick service that I've been <laughs> workshopping. So, uh, yeah, I can see, okay. see something good in the future here. So, so we subscribe to Blue Apron mm. slash relevant. You, you subscribe to the magic trick mail delivery service <laughs> and, and, you, and you DVR the, the bachelor and you're set. I got to tell you, yeah. magic trick subscription service is an amazing idea. I'm going to shark tank this thing, <laughs> right? You pay, you know, a little bit a month and you get another magic trick to sure. master each month with instructions. I am seeking $350,000 for a half percent stake in my company. Who's with right. me? Mr. Wonderful, I'm looking at you. We or are, am I, Cubes? We're still in proof of concept, uh, so I have no sales to show you, but we are killing it. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Before before I, I hear any of your answers, some of you look like you're already out. I can't help but notice, Mark Cuban, you have dirty ears. What's this? It's a business card. Don't forget. <laughs> there it is. I could see this as an infomercial. Pretty good pitch. Yeah. 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 Chelsea yeah. would have to host it. She's got the acting yeah. chops. Mark, would you pull out your wallet? <laughs> um, yeah. Do you see inside of that, next to your $100 bill... Is a three of diamonds. How did it get there? No How did knows. it get there? So, How was it there, Mark Cuban? I, I well, I, I, had one one of, I had one of the employees here snake it for me. Yeah. I jammed it in there. Yeah. Uh, I also borrowed a hundred because I'm in a but, really tight squeeze. Money's yeah. not well. I've dumped a lot into this magic thing. But and, how did the employee get there? So, that's that's the question. That. Yeah. How did I get here? That's my question. Yeah. How you. did I sneak past security again? Thanks also to Lauren Dickel for joining us. Um, uh, she just announced she's going to be on the Outcry Tour this spring. So check that out. You can follow her on Twitter at Lauren underscore Daigle. Thanks also to Friar Richard Rohr for talking to us. You can follow him on Twitter because the Friars are big tweeters <laughs> at Richard Rohr OFM. Every tweet is just blank. It's just a silent beautiful a very long like 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 return 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 just to kind of like bring silence Pull and peace you to your screen yeah. just, i yeah, like that yeah just so you breathe a little you yeah know? and at the very end of like 30 lines of blank there's like one single emoji dance 
the dancing salsa lady. It's the, hey. it's the salsa lady. The halo and the dance. The, the divine, divine dance. dance. Yeah. Oh, the halo and the dance. Yeah. Darn it. Good one. Yeah. <laughs> or while you're online, you know, following them on Twitter, head over to relevantmagazine.com and you can subscribe to the magazine. Uh, the new issue featuring Ira Glass on the cover and a lot more is out now. And if you subscribe now, uh, you will get our massive, exciting March issue of uh, it, where we're doing a we're debuting a big redesign. Like I want to talk to you more about it, but part of it is like I just love it when I walk in the front I, door and it's sitting there. I'm excited for you to see it. <laughs> I'm at, I don't want to hear we're anymore. We're deep in oh, the man. design process. We're deep in and uh, it's like I will it's say, be a fun new season. I did get that's a sneak peek of the uh, some website stuff that's happening. Did you really? Yeah. But the funny thing is, they're using m- me. Like it was a, it was like some mock up sometime. Yeah. And I'm like yeah, walking. I saw that. Last, we're going, I'm like walking past the office. I'm like, why am I up there? Yeah. And it was, it was some, a column you wrote. And we, no, liked it wasn't. It was a fake thing about like veganism. Oh. It was JD messing around, but he like just needed dummy text. So he your, used a dummy. But your little face was on it, right? Yeah, it was my little face with yeah, my your little, little shirt on. Yeah. <laughs> little blue eyes. Yeah. Are we going to have a big reveal for all, the new magazine? All of the dummy mock ups are either veganism, Eddie, or lots of Star Wars references. That's, <laughs> That's true. That's what he does. Yeah, yes, we're gonna have a huge party, like yeah. a move that bus type situation. Yeah, it's a, it's a redesign. It's a, we only do we only do this every four or five years. I Very mean, it's exciting. like it's exciting. Uh, a lot of changes, and then obviously we have a big new website reveal coming up very soon too. So, uh, yeah, we got some stuff up our sleeve. We'll talk a lot more about that. Uh, how we're gonna roll this out so everybody can ex- uh, experience it. So it'll be fun. So subscribe now and get our like be grandfathered in on the cheap pricing yeah. because. It's a higher, the big redesign is going to be a big change to the magazine, higher quality. Uh, prices have to go up because it's going to cost a lot more to make. Right. So, yeah. but it's like if investing you, in alpacas, though. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> if you, but if you subscribe now, you, you know, you'll get the new, the new awesomeness for the old price. So go check that out, relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Eddie Koffeltz. I'm Chelsea Steele. I'm Chandler Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. We'll see you next week. Listening to the Relevant Podcast. Connect with us on Twitter at Relevant Podcast and get bonus material from this episode and more at the podcast section on relevantmagazine.com. And don't forget to check the magazine out. It's available on newsstands and at the iTunes App Store, or you can subscribe online at relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe. I got one of those Ricola horns. Help me.
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.